oppose defund the police movement entirely. And we do unapologetically support our men and women in law enforcement. We do it for the kids. We do it for our safety. Zeldin was a tough army prosecutor, so you know he'll never allow danger. This is Live at Five with Glenn Curry. <laughs> Army where you shoot them a mile away, you gotta get up close like this. Bada bing, you blow their brains all over your nice cyber league suit. <laughs> Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German? Forget it, he's rolling. <laughs> Learn it, know it, live it. Are you running a business or a charity war? Leave the gun, take the cannoli. <laughs> Yankees win! Pull over! No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for noticing. Are you a planet Fox? the telephones are ringing. Overload mode in the 21st century. Driving home with my hand on the cell phone. Pulling over, turning up, and dialing to my fingers. Going live This is Live at Five, Live at Five, oh, Live at Five. Hello. Oh, boy, boy. Bevo was unable to record a backup file? What's that all about? Oh. Oh, that sucks. I just found out that I, I just ran out of disk space on one of my SD cards. Monday. Actually, it's not Monday. It's, uh, it's a Tuesday here. And uh, I am back in the saddle again. I didn't do the show Friday. I know Jeff always says, oh, I never miss a show. Meaning Jeff never misses a show. And Jeff did not miss a show today uh, with uh, Congresswoman uh, Claudia Tenney. And uh, I'm not going to miss a conversation as well. So I'm going to have a phone call coming here about five minutes from the... Uh, can we call her our new... No, I can't do that because, you know, again, this is why we have the whole political process. But let me just set things straight. First of all, it's good to be back. It's a beautiful day. It's over 90 degrees at least before I got into the saddle again today. And, uh, you know, again, with all the shifting and whatnot, we're talking to a lot of politicians running for this office and that office. A lot of things to talk about today. Uh, not to mention what uh, uh, I was going to call him Perry Cuomo. Uh, per- uh, Mr. Perry Golden himself has a huge announcement today. Uh, something to rock your socks off, if you're wearing socks, that is, on a hot day like now. And also, uh, this morning at around 11 o'clock, we uh, met with the uh, Congresswoman Tenney and her assistant, Dan, at uh, Shorty's place, right on Coffee and Street. Had a wonderful conversation there. Uh, and then from there, literally took the, uh, the, the, the conversation right to, uh, to Jeff's show uh, at the noon hour where she spent uh, the entire show with Jeff. Hopefully you enjoyed that. So she called in around then. I just want to make sure this is not the congresswoman now. It is. It is the congresswoman. How are you doing, uh, uh, Claudia? Hey, how are you? Hang on. I'm just going to put you on this. Oh, yeah. It, that connection? That sounds much better. Okay. Sounds much better. And first of all, I just want to thank you very much for, for coming in today and then having a, a coffee with Jeff and myself at uh, Shorty's place. Oh, you're welcome. It's fun to come up. Yeah, and you know, it's, as, as I was uh, entering uh, Shorty's place today, the congresswoman said, I've been here before, and you are a bike rider. You have a Harley, and you've been up to the North Country on several occasions where you've done some type of bike ride. Have you not? Kind of lost you. Uh-oh, you lost. can you hear me now? Dip, 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 dip. Uh, yes, I can. Okay, great. Uh, not the first time you were at Shorty's because you ride a, a Harley-Davidson. You're part of a bike group. Is that correct, Claudia? 
that's correct. So you know what what is it about uh, riding a Harley Davidson? That, that that must be a, a you know a, a, that's a, I I could never ride a motorcycle, but for a congresswoman. Yes, you could. <laughs> but for a congresswoman to ride a Harley Davidson, that's pretty unique, is it not? I don't know if it's unique, but look, I uh, I have the same model as uh, Senator Joni Ernst. Uh, we both ride, and I actually have ridden in Rolling Thunder with her. But I used to show horses, and I. Uh, because I don't have time or the money to ride horses, I've got. I'm on an iron horse now. Uh, they're a little more predictable than horses. A, a little easier to, to right. control. But I just love it. I love the freedom of the road. I love riding with my friends. It's very relaxing uh, thing to do. And we love going up into up to the river and up all along, um, you know, Jefferson and St. Lawrence counties and all around up. Actually, New York State is one of the best places to ride a motorcycle. We have spectacular views and roads and. Uh, nice rural areas, and uh, there's nothing quite like it. It's uh, really a great experience, and I'm a member of uh, the Blue Knights. I'm an honorary member. Those are our, a group of uh, retired police officers, and also I'm a member of our uh, American Legion Riders. I'm a member of the Auxiliary, auxiliary because my son is actually uh, a Marine. Oh, nice. So Very nice. It's fun, you know. So yeah. I just love it. It's just a fun thing to do. It's relaxing. I can jump on my Harley. I can go down the street. I can... Uh, you know, take it out for the day and uh, really just like to have some freedom and not have my cell phone on, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true because it, it really has changed our lives, probably not for the better, at least in many respects. But you know what? I, you, you, you were talking to Jeff earlier. We had the opportunity to speak with you, at, like I said, at Shorty's Place. And what's fascinating is that you were born and raised right in New Hartford, not too far from here, about 90 miles south from where we are. Uh, you still have a home there, although you you did note that things were changing in your old hometown, uh, Claudia, uh, and that that's unfortunate. But what's interesting is that you are, for the most part, you are a northern New Yorker. I mean, you're close, but you're not. You know, but there's there's a lot of similarities between Leatherstocking Country and no, the North Country. Would you agree with that? Not much difference here yeah. between what you have been accustomed to, Congresswoman. Well, there's a lot of regions in New York. Now, I used to represent Leatherstocking Country in the State Assembly, just as I used to represent uh, Oswego and Oneida County in my first Assembly District. But uh, Oswego County, I've represented either as a member of Congress or as a member of the State Assembly since uh, 2003, basically. I was a staffer for a little while part-time before I ran for the State Assembly. But, uh, look... All of New York, uh, and particularly upstate, we have a lot in common. And running for Congress, I have a, an effective, proven record of leadership. Uh, I have a national profile. I work hard on conservative issues. And I'm a voice for conservatives all around the country for many issues. And most lately, uh, my big issue is election integrity, which is completely uh, an issue that has just grasped a lot of Americans after what happened in the 2020 election, right. uh, the pandemic election, and the irregularities that came through, especially in New York and other places. So I, you know, I've led the effort on so many conservative issues and so many Republican issues and really common sense issues that this is a seat that's regional mm-hmm. and it's also national. There's only 435 people who serve uh, in the House of Representatives. We right. need a strong voice and someone who already can hit the ground running, and uh, that's why I'm continuing to do this, so that we can bring some prosperity back to New York. I'm also a small business owner. Uh, I've had our business uh, for a number of years. I've been running that with my brother, but it was actually founded by my grandfather, the original version of it in 1946. Mm -hmm. But we've had to reinvent ourselves many times just to survive in New York because of the unfriendly business environment. And now we're dealing with high taxes, Mm -hmm. high regulation, inflation, Mm -hmm. high cost of uh, gasoline. My cousins are farmers. My mom came from a, a farming background. I mean, this has been more and more difficult for people 
uh, to survive and for our great agricultural uh, communities to really survive and thrive and provide uh, the food that we need to feed the world and to feed, uh, feed our neighbors. Yeah, and not to mention, you and I talked about this earlier, New York State is, is not the safest place to be anymore. You noted that with your own, right. with your mean, own hometown. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what's happened, unfortunately, across New York is, you know, we've had terrible policies covering from Governor Cuomo, who decided that it was better to put criminals on the streets, especially during the pandemic. He opened the county prisons first. He opened the state prisons. He closed many of our psychiatric centers where right. we have people... Uh, you know, that have to be in restricted settings. Not everyone can be in an unrestricted setting. Mm -hmm. This is a huge problem with mental health issues, which we're seeing all over our state. And now we have this, you know, these so-called criminal justice reforms, which were a disaster along with the cashless bail system Mm -hmm. in New York, where no one gets in trouble and criminals are empowered now to continue crimes, pushing the envelope, Mm -hmm. uh, doing whether low-level crimes and moving gradually up to where people don't feel safe. People don't feel safe for their property. People are uh, are concerned about their welfare. And uh, all across the state, it's not just New York City and Rochester, which has like the highest murder rate right now of any a city in upstate New York or mm-hmm. basically in the region. Mm-hmm. And now you have this happening in rural areas where people are getting away with crimes because the police no longer have the tools they need right. to hold people accountable. You have this defund, demoralize the police movement, which has undermined their abilities to keep our community safe, which mm-hmm. is an essential role of government. So these are these are tough issues that we're facing right now. And I have a lot of experience. I've done a lot of interesting jobs over my lifetime. I've been a partner in a law firm. I ran our family business. And uh, now I've, uh, you know, was, I was a newspaper owner, actually, so I was in media, just like you are. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, my mission is just to go out and make sure that we save this country, that we understand that self-governance, which is what our promise is from our founders, we are self-governing. We care about freedom. We care about individual rights. We are getting invaded by totalitarianism mm-hmm. and by communism. Mm-hmm. And I see it coming. We're kind of, a lot of people don't realize it's happening. When government gets too powerful, it smothers out our rights as American citizens. Mm-hmm. I lived in a communist country. I lived in the former Yugoslavia before the war. So I know how it feels, and sometimes people don't see it coming. It's very sneaky. It's like a frog in warm water boiling in the pot doesn't realize it until it's too late. It's too late. And that's what Good I worry point. about with this country. Young people have to understand mm-hmm. this experiment in self-governance is worth preserving. And to quote Ronald Reagan, the concept of freedom and self-government is only one uh, generation away from being lost. And we've got to make sure that that's our our mission to keep it. You tweeted recently, Congresswoman, that uh, since Biden took office, Biden has waged a war against domestic energy production, driving costs to record highs and again, hopefully this is your tweet. I think it is. Today I'm releasing my plan to increase responsible and reliable domestic energy production Can you, uh, to, to secure American energy and independence. Can you elaborate on that, uh, Congresswoman? Oh, yes. Well, first of all, I, I just cite your uh, listeners to go to the Wall Street Journal and the archives. A couple of weeks ago, I wrote an entire piece on energy. Mm-hmm. And don't let New York's bad energy poly be, policy be the canary in the coal mine. Yeah. Uh, the coal miners used to take the canaries down into the coal mine. And if the canaries could still breathe, then uh, the coal, it was safe for the coal miners. We're in an energy crisis right now. We have shut down our ability to be energy independent mm-hmm. because of Joe Biden's policy, cutting, down, uh, cutting off the Keystone Pipeline, closing off leases, basically a war on energy. And right now, under President Trump, we opened up our ability to be independent. And for the first time in American history, we were truly independent. Mm-hmm. And this is important because energy is about prosperity. Mm-hmm. It's about being able to live in a modern life. Mm-hmm. And in New York State, 
we have abundant natural gas resources. The Utica and Marcellus Shell exactly. uh, offer a lot of options for us for cleaner uh, future fuel usage mm-hmm. and also for this transition. If we're going to transition to more renewable energy, we cannot do it overnight without hurting and harming our industries and our people in our state. So we need to do this in a responsible way with an all-of-the-above strategy. We just cannot do this, uh, what the Democrats in, uh, in Albany and, uh, and Washington, including Joe Biden, are trying to do. Yeah, uh, Is that a function of, like, Hochul? I mean, uh, Andrew Cuomo, he did not want to do anything as far as the Marcellus Shale, anything with, to do with fracking. Is this a state issue, or can you do anything in Congress to make it happen here in upstate New York, just like they do in the state well, of Pennsylvania? Interesting. I ran for the Assembly in 2010 for the first time, and Governor Cuomo was running, and mm-hmm. he was pro safe, responsible gas exploration, and suddenly cut all that off. And now it's really hurt New York. A lot of our prosperity is gone. Our energy security is gone. We could actually be helping not just New York, but our nation, and making sure we do that uh, responsible gas drilling. So, yeah, it's something we could do in the state of New York. Uh, The EPA could allow it to happen, and, and they have actually said that gas drilling is even Obama's uh, EPA administrator said natural gas drilling is the safe thing to do. Mm-hmm. It lowers emissions. Uh, the natural gas revolution actually brought our emissions down, uh, which is which is an important factor. We were less reliant on coal, which is not a clean-burning fossil fuel. Mm-hmm. And now the Chinese, who are the biggest polluters on Earth, actually are oh. dirty energy, mm-hmm. uh, used, taking advantage of their economic power mm-hmm. uh, across the world and leveraging uh, other countries, even some of our allies, just as Russia has done. Putin mm-hmm. has leveraged energy against the Europeans, and that's why we're seeing this horrific, unprovoked humanitarian crisis and unprovoked war in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And it's not getting any better. Of course, you know, uh, the Biden administration, including the president himself, has blamed Putin for the high cost of gas, as you and I know and everybody, uh, that this started uh, when he was inaugurated, essentially, in January of 2021, Congresswoman. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is, uh, look, the Germans uh, made a mistake. They signed on to Nord Stream 2, mm-hmm. key people in the Nord Stream 2 project. This is that pipeline uh, that would uh, that would, would have actually put Poland at risk, one of our most important allies in middle Europe. Poland is, uh, you know, one of our most incredible allies. They've taken almost 4 million refugees uh, from this horrible war in Ukraine. And other allies have stepped up across Europe, and they're trying to help us in this ridiculous situation where Putin is really trying to eviscerate uh, a a sovereign government like Ukraine to take advantage of the fact that Ukraine not only has minerals and uh, fossil fuel riches, they also are the bread basket of Europe and the Middle East. They provide a lot of the food that is needed across about a third of the food supply to the Middle East and the Mediterranean countries. That's being cut off when the people aren't able to actually produce the food. Uh, that's where if we only had better policies in New York and in the United States, mm-hmm. our farmers could actually fill that gap. They but could. because the price of gas is so high, we're, we're seeing the price in uh, diesel, uh, you know, at extraordinary high levels. The price of fertilizer is extraordinarily high. Mm-hmm. And where our farmers could have margins to actually produce the food, mm-hmm. they can't afford to produce more food because it's so costly. And so it, it, we're really in a rut, and uh, we've been put in a bad position because, you know, really just bad economic policy, bad energy policy, international policy has put us in a situation with record high inflation, mm-hmm. record high gas prices. Uh, you know, we're seeing a crisis at the southern border. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a, we're seeing a real catastrophe, and this, you know, Biden doesn't have any real answers for it. He's just telling people to go buy an electric car, right. or he's saying, you know, we're just going to have to get used to it having fossil fuels. 
there are safe ways of incorporating and, and using smartly mm-hmm. our ability to have a diversified energy mix to make sure that we have energy into the future for hundreds of years to, you know, for the future. And we have it right here. And Pennsylvania is proving it, by the way. And I mentioned this before. Pennsylvania actually drills diagonally on the border and, and essentially is stealing our, our oil from, uh, from over on their side of the border. So it's, and, and they're making know. billions of years. I've heard that from several. So yeah, but when, once you get oh, over, okay. once you get over Route 81, you can see the flames from the mountains out of the Poconos. So they're they're definitely refining it or uh, digging right there. But I have heard that. Who knows if it's true? But instead of offering this, you said you said something about Joe Biden's op-ed this past weekend. You tweeted this, uh, Congresswoman. Instead of offering real solutions, Mr. President, address the inflation crisis. Uh, Pro- uh, President Biden once again tries to deflect blame for his failed policies. Is that just what he's going to be all about? And for that matter, God forbid, if Kamala Harris becomes president. Is that all they're going to do is just blame it on everybody else going forward, Congresswoman? Well, that's what he's been doing. I don't see any real change in course here. He just continues to blame others, and he continues to not adopt policies. Look, Biden has taken a deliberate stance that anything that President Trump has done, he's going to reverse, even if it was good policy. Right. Some of the policies on the southern border were working. Why change? Why right. do that? We're, we're actually keeping our border under control. We are con- keeping our communities safe. We, I went to the southern border. I saw the human tragedy. Uh, this t- human trafficking is a real issue. Mm-hmm. The cartels are making as much money and, in some cases, more money trafficking innocent human beings, children, mm-hmm. than they are even on trafficking drugs. And trafficking adults, people with diseases are coming across the border. Uh, we had, obviously, Title 42, you know, in jeopardy of being re- removed. Now we're going to see no ability to, to send some of these people back mm-hmm. who are coming from 150 countries around the world. This isn't just, you know, the, the so-called triangle countries in Guatemala and the southern tier area. Mm-hmm. We're seeing people taking advantage of our southern border to come in uh, who don't who want to maybe do harm to Americans. They have criminal records. They're trafficking drugs. They're trafficking people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're coming in illegally, committing crimes, you know. Not everybody is an asylum seeker that's coming across the border, but they're overwhelming the system to the point where the Border Patrol agents can't handle this. And uh, now these people are going to be getting away. They're coming into our country. Uh, The American taxpayers are being asked to pay for this Mm -hmm. uh, with their money that we see instead of, you know, Obama had cages filled with children at the border. Joe Biden has warehouses filled with children at the border. It's a tragedy. And Joe Biden yet doesn't care. Why isn't he going to the border to see this? Why isn't he talking to the border agents and seeing them and what they're what they're telling us? I went there. I mean, this is so hard to watch when you see these small children that just think they're they're visiting an aunt or an uncle right. when actually they're just being delivered by a human trafficker. It's it's a terrible situation that the American people should be completely alarmed about. And I called for Joe Biden to be impeached over this. Mm-hmm. This is an impeachable offense. This is a complete dereliction of duty, Big a time. violation of his job and his oath of office as the the president and the commander-in-chief. Yeah, and absolutely, because as you know, uh, President Trump, who loves you, by the way, and that's good, uh, he was <laughs> impeached for a lot less over a conversation he had in the hallway uh, in, on a cell phone, and they tried to get him out of office for that. So the magnitude of what you just stated as far as you know, the border is concerned, uh, he sh- it is a p- an impeachable offense. But that's not going to happen, unless, of course, things change in, in, uh, in November. What are your thoughts about, obviously, your race? You're going against a young man, a young businessman, who, quite frankly, and he's stated this on this show and others, who says, you're not conservative enough, uh, Ms. Tenney. What do you say about that? Yeah, well, there's a, there's a term that people should understand. It's called grifting. It's people who take advantage of political candidates and political opportunities and make money for themselves when they're not serious candidates. Although, you know, I have a, several opponents. He's not the only right, one. Right, right. 
this this young man actually caught me at an event and came up to me and uh, begged me for an endorsement, number one. Mm. And he asked me if I would get President Trump to endorse him as well and said that I was a true inspiration mm. and the embodiment of the America First movement. And now that I'm his competitor, <laughs> he's uh, calling me all kinds of things. So, by the way, until this final map That's that has come out, the very last map, yeah. My opponent, Mr. Fredo, has never resided in this district. So now he's trying to call me, uh, you know, a tourist or whatever. He's never resided in this district. And I go back to the really important point. Mm -hmm. I have a longstanding record as a conservative leader in New York and on the national stage. Um, I have been fighting for our values uh, for since I've been in office. I've taken a lot of risks. I've taken a lot of votes that have stood up for us to make sure that we have common sense conservatism in our in our country and in our state this guy has no record it's very easy to stand up and say what you will do i actually have a proven record and i'm one of the only if not the only member of congress in the entire united states mm -hmm. who explains every single one of my votes in detail and i do it at tenny.house.gov if anyone wants to go look at it mm -hmm. and what's interesting is i've been doing either Zoom calls or speaking around the country on election integrity with various groups. And I've been to Kansas, Colorado, Florida, uh, North Dakota, South Dakota, uh, Kentucky, Tennessee, uh, Arizona, California. And all of these people say, we go to your website because we want to know what the truth is and how people, why the votes are, because Democrats will put out a vote that sounds really good. We want more baby formula, for example. Well, guess right. what? It was all about giving... Uh, raises to the FDA, not really about baby formula. So I hmm. get through the weeds. I provide a clearinghouse where you can go and find out why I voted, uh, why I voted yes or no on issues. And the other thing that my opponents don't, have never done, they've never taken a vote, and they've never taken a hard vote, where we actually, you know, government isn't an easy job. We have to work with other people to come to compromise on a lot of things. So sure. sometimes we take two steps forward and one step back. But we always play the long game as Republicans and conservatives because we need to win this battle to save and, re and repair our republic. We need to save it. If not, we're going to be under a communist authoritarian system. And so it's one thing to be, you know, yelling out and, and gaslighting people, but it's another thing to actually have a voting record that's proven. Yeah, and let me ask you real quick. You had mentioned the Ukraine thing. Did you vote for the $30 billion, Congresswoman, for the aid? Yes. Well, actually, the bill was a military supplemental bill. A lot of it was to support our military. And I know that's an important issue for you with Fort Drum yeah. uh, right in your shadows there. Uh, my son, as I said, is a Marine. Yeah. Uh, we need to replenish the United States of America. and We have been out there helping our allies. Mm -hmm. I think this fake argument coming from a lot of these fake America first people. Right. President Trump supports Ukraine. The difference between President Trump and President Biden is this. Mm -hmm. President Trump was proactive. Joe mm -hmm. Biden's reactive. When you're proactive, you can, uh, you can have deterrence. Because uh, Biden is not proactive and very reactive and very weak and projecting weakness on the national stage, mm -hmm. we have this invasion in Ukraine. Had President Trump been in office, I would wager that we have would not have this invasion in Ukraine because mm -hmm. President Trump took strong, decisive action. Mm -hmm. When Assad crossed the red line in right. Syria, right. President Trump dropped Obama. Right, right. When the, when the Taliban uh, crossed the red line mm -hmm. in Afghanistan, President Trump dropped a bomb. Sure. When Iran the Iranians continued to try to find ways to develop a nuclear weapon mm -hmm. against the treaty and against the Iran nuclear deal, which President Trump rightly got out of, mm -hmm. he took out the biggest uh, 
principal leader of the international or the um, Iranian guard, mm-hmm. uh, the Iranian uh, Revolutionary Guard, uh, Soleimani. He, mm-hmm. he took him out. He mm-hmm. also took out al-Baghdadi, a key terrorist leader mm-hmm. uh, around the Middle East, and he took decisive action. These are acts of war. These right. are not acts of Pat Buchanan type of isolationism, right. but this is a Jacksonian type of maybe a peace through strength Reaganism, mm-hmm. where we don't go out and fight you know, endless wars, but we make sure that we protect American interests around the world, and we protect our allies. And so I took a hard vote on that, but it was protecting our American military. It was supporting our Polish allies and other allies around the world who are helping us so that we don't have to send our military to fight this war in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you've always defended your own conservative uh, ideology and the president, former President Donald Trump, but it costs you because I believe you went to Colgate University. Did they not want to take your degree back because of your stance on on politics? Is that, is that how that well, happened? Yeah, well, unfortunately, my, you know, Colgate, which is where my dad went, and my uncle. It's a great school. Sister, yeah. yeah, it's a great school, uh, wonderful place. Uh, they didn't like the fact that I had former President Trump visit uh, the city of Utica, the first president, <laughs> sitting president, to visit our city in 80 years. Unbelievable. And uh, whether you like President Trump or his personality, he delivered for our region. He delivered for our because of my strong relationship with him. He's also endorsing me in this race, as is Mike Pompeo and Nikki Haley, Elise Stefanik, and numerous other Republican leaders around the country. Right. But, yeah, they tried to do a petition. I called the president, and I said, really? And he, uh, we, we put a stop to that. But I also helped uh, create a conservative think tank on Colgate's campus called the Center for Freedom and Western Civilization. Mm-hmm. So we do have a conservative uh small group on campus, but really they're not just conservatives. They're people who care about freedom Mm -hmm. and defending freedom and defending our lifestyle and making sure that we are not going to, you know, fall into this communist socialist type of uh, authoritarianism that I see coming on the horizon. Yeah, and by the way, the same thing happened, as you know, to Congresswoman uh, Stefanik and her alma mater there at uh, Harvard. They tried to do the same thing there uh, because, as you know, they're left of center entirely, uh, much more even so than, than Colgate, although that is an issue, of course, with our institutions. One last question. I know you're real busy. You are familiar with the two, 2014 Act uh, where we made this agreement with Canada to uh, usher in a whole new uh, system to make sure that the water levels are secured. That caused a mess in 17 and 19. Going forward, what are your thoughts about the future of the river and the lakes, and how can we keep the water levels to where they should be, Congresswoman? Yeah, this is a terrible problem. It was Plan 2014. I think the Army Corps of Engineers got it wrong. Hmm. I stood up on this issue with my colleagues, uh, Chris Collins and John Kako and others at the time when I was serving in my first term and now uh, obviously my second term. But this is a problem, and we think the, we disagree with the Army Corps. We think the Plan 2014 uh, caused these water levels to go up. It hurt the economy. It hurt. It caused irreparable damage in many cases all around Lake Ontario and, in, and other parts of the Great Lakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a huge issue, and we are going to continue to fight for it. It was simply not a heavy rainfall. It was Plan 2014, in my opinion. I'm not a scientist, right. but we brought a number of people to come in and tell us that that was the problem. So we will stand up to the Army Corps of Engineers. Uh, we know You notice that these uh, levels haven't been as adjusted as dramatically as they were and when they made the mistakes in 17 and 19. Right. Let's just keep that uh, under under check and make sure that doesn't happen. Well, not only that, but we seem to be kowtowing to the Canadians because they have to save Montreal and uh, the, uh, the Quebec River or Ottawa River. So it seems like we're doing more for them than, than they do for us, it seems. But that's my opinion, Congresswoman. It seems I, that's, uh, that's been argued. I've heard that argument, and I... Uh, I uh, 
I'm not going to disagree with you. Yeah, yeah, and and I know they have to save face up there because they're on an island up there. But that you know they can they can do better ways. Uh, listen, look, this was devastating. It yeah. was destructive. To, I went all across the Oswego, uh, the Oswego coastline, and everywhere I represented in Oswego County, and I represent all of the eastern, south, and eastern portion of us uh, uh, that the, is in Oswego. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that area, most of it in uh, in my current district, and uh, we I toured that whole area and saw the the flooding and the destruction of homes mm-hmm. and businesses, and it was re- it's a real serious problem, and we have to hold them accountable. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're trying to keep that dialogue open with the Army Corps of Engineers, EPA, DEC, and all the stakeholders in this to make sure that this doesn't happen at the at the levels that happened, especially in seventeen and and a little bit again in twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen was worse, was, and, and then and then last year I was we had in no levels in twenty nineteen, so I, I wasn't able to do anything about it. Well, yeah, no, it was worse in seventeen, and then last year two thousand twenty one, it was the lowest it's ever been in forever, and the same same reason. So it was up and down, yeah, and that was never low, made any sense. So they can't get the levels right. No, they can't get it right, and then this year seems to be okay. Thank God. Listen, when people need to know more about Congresswoman Claudia Tenney, how can they find out more? So my official website is tenny.house.gov. You can go there and see all the op, uh, op, you know, op-eds I write. I explain every vote. I do a lot of press releases almost every day on a number of issues. I serve on the Foreign Affairs Committee and also the Small Business Committee. Mm-hmm. You can also go to my political website, which is uh, claudiaforcongress.com. Mm-hmm. And at claudiaforcongress.com, you can see more on my political issues and those, that side of it. But uh, the official site is where I explain all my votes. I'm also on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I also explain all my votes uh, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. As a former journalist and newspaper publisher, I want to be as transparent as possible. Mm -hmm. I see our role as media, and I'm glad you do too, Mm -hmm. as the fourth estate. We need to make sure that as citizens who are self-governing have all the tools they need to know about everything they can possibly know Mm -hmm. to make good decisions on government and govern themselves. And that's our hope for the future, and that's my mission uh, as a, a member of Congress to get as much information about what we're, what happens in the swamp and what happens in our communities to the people as much as I can. Congresswoman Tenney, thank you very much. I know you're real busy, and thank you for coming today to, to meet, meet us at Shorty's to do the hotline show and the call in today during the Live at Five show. I greatly appreciate this, ma'am. Thanks so much. Hopefully next time I'll be up on my motorcycle. and you can <laughs> That's great. On the Harley. Great. Thank you very much, Congresswoman. Thank you. Thank All right, you. Good talking to you. That's awesome. Uh, uh, Congresswoman Tenney rides, rides a Harley, and she went to Shorty's on many occasions. Hi, you're on the air. Real quick. Hey, it's Crazy Ray. Crazy Ray. What do you think of uh, Pelosi's, Pelosi's husband there taking a nice ride? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got drunk. Just, he's, he's probably as drunk <laughs> you as know, she Democrats was. Democrats just don't have a, they just don't have any kind of... Well, no, I mean, I got I got to, because let's face it, uh, just, just like uh, Michael Jordan said, you know, Republicans buy sneakers, too. And the same thing applies to drinkers. It doesn't matter what side of the political uh, coin. I don't know. You know, Ted, Ted Kennedy and I don't <laughs> know, the whole, you in know, his the underwear, whole they don't right. they don't have the, I don't think they have the ability. Uh, there's been uh, there's been several on both sides or independents, for that matter, well, that have imbibed you know, too I, much. I always said to you before, it would be a great job to be one of these guys that hangs around with these guys. Stay sober, doesn't do the drugs like they do, mm-hmm. and just says to them, you know what, let's not go for a ride tonight. You know? and, and you know what, uh, Crazy Ray, you, ra- you raise a very good point. In addition to that, um, you got Uber. There's no excuse with Uber. All you got to do is make a phone call. It's an app. I mean, this guy's super rich. He could have called for a limo. Yeah, but he has a special woman that is, as the head of the house, so he figured he'd probably get away with it, but he didn't, and I'm glad he didn't. I'm glad they didn't let him go. Crazy way, I got to well, do I a mean, pr- I don't know if this is, do you know if this is his first offense? Or? Oh, who knows? Who knows? If he's like somebody else we know? No, nah, just kidding. 
Uh, no, I don't know if it's his first. <laughs> you know exactly. Five or seven of them, you mean? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, and I'm not talking about the guy in all. Never mind. It's another guy. Listen, I got to go before I get myself in trouble. Crazy Ray, thanks for the call, my friend. I'll talk to you. All right, buddy. That's uh, Crazy Ray here on the Live at Five show. I know we weren't talking about someone in politics, somebody we know mutually. Then we didn't mention his name either. Uh, we got to do a break, and we'll be right back after this. Roof looking older than you are, finding more tiles in your lawn. Than- God, call 855-858-5807. Yeah, maybe the stock market's going to collapse. Give me a break. All right, so anyway, uh, the big news that I mentioned at the outset, and, and we really uh, think, I think, uh, the congresswoman. Uh, she she noticed that people thought that when they, when when they whenever you hear Giuliani running for New York State governor, they think they think it's Rudolph Giuliani, and, and not his son Andrew. Can you believe that? I said you should go door to door, Glenn. You'd be surprised. And again, that's a knock, perhaps at you know constituents or people in general, but that's just out of touch. Rudolph Giuliani's not running for New York State governor. His son is. And I know I'm, I guess you can call me an insider to some degree. Of course I am. But Mike, come on. Anyway, uh, that was, uh, that was, uh, so, so anyway, the big news that I mentioned at the outset, and I think it deserves to be mentioned here, this uh, uh, from the committee to elect Perry Golden. Remember, there's several big races going on here. We split the, uh, the primaries into two dates, as we know, the 28th of June, and then the next one is in late uh, August. Uh, but this comes as a uh, as a media release to us, our radio station today. Sheriff's candidate announces his choice for undersheriff, which in itself is unprecedented or unsheriff. Sorry, bad joke. Uh, citizens of Jefferson County these past few months, this according to uh, Mr. Perry himself, have been nothing short of incredible. Uh, in this time, I have uh, had the privilege to meet so many wonderful residents. Blah, blah, blah. As you know, I bring uh, several areas of experience to the table. Uh, but he, here's the thing. With that being said, I'm weighing the task of being a sheriff uh, more broadly, and I'm now ready to announce my choice in the position of undersheriff, just like someone running for president would say, I have a vice presidential candidate that will be running f- with me. You know, Kamala Harris, blah, blah, blah. Well, uh, interestingly enough, the, the, the uh, media r- uh, release goes on that John Bushela will be uh, his choice, Perry Golden's choice, uh, as undersheriff if, of course, Perry wins. So if Perry wins, John Bushela who ran against uh, Colleen uh, back in, what, 2014, Colleen, um, Colleen O'Neill, Sheriff Colleen O'Neill, I should say, uh, is, uh, would be back in New York State, because I believe he's living out in Oregon, uh, tons of experience. He ran for sheriff, like I said, himself. Came, came pretty close within 600 or so votes in a, in a, in a countywide race. That's pretty close. Uh, and Perry goes on to say, I know John will, be, uh, will bring a different yet complimentary background in law enforcement to serve the people of Jefferson County. It's a big announcement. I've been, you know, doing this show for a long time, and uh, every four years, or if it goes uncontested like it did uh, against uh, Colleen, uh, we haven't seen a, a sheriff's race in over eight years, eight years now. Uh, I've never heard of anyone mention that they will have an undersheriff as their, I guess you could say, running partner, so to speak. So that's a big announcement right there. Someone you may or may not remember. He's a native of Watertown, John is. Uh, it's a last name. It's very Italian, and, and most people can't spell it, including myself. Uh, but the, he ran, and uh, he, he might be under sheriff if, of course, Perry wins. So there you, there you go. Big announcement today on the Live at Five show, uh, courtesy of the, the Golden uh, uh, team over there. Hi, you're on the air. Uh, Glenn? Yes. Good job on the interview. Thank you, my friend. You don't get enough credit for your uh, interviewing ability. Well, gracias. I brought it up on a hotline. The mirror didn't like. Uh, yeah, you know what? You know what Jeff said today. He said uh, more people uh, listen to the hotline than, than live at five. 
Seven well, five you five. Do a hell of a job with the, uh, political candidates. Well, so does Jeff. I have to say, so does, Jeff well, is. Incredible. You're underrated. You're not giving the credit. You, I think. Anyway. I'm Buck Henry. Right. Your questions are right on most of the time. Uh, what I called about Glenda deal in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they have a death penalty in Texas. Do you oh, know? yeah, they got a death penalty there. Yeah, they do it for lunch. No, this is not a death penalty case, a shooting. Uh, can someone tell me what is? Can some liberal call in and tell me that this kid shouldn't be put to death? Well, is anyone saying that he shouldn't be? Is anyone contesting? Well, there's people that don't believe in the death penalty. Right. Uh, Ted Bundy was in prison for 20 years. Right. He was one of the most vicious murderers we ever had in this country. Right. The and, last and murders person. are pretty bad. Well, the last person he killed was a 12-year-old child. Yeah, and this kid in Texas, uh, 22, 20 children, yeah, yeah. seven or eight years old. Yeah, 19, and, and unless someone has died, regrettably, I don't know that. But, yeah, at least 19 yeah. and two teachers. Yeah. Not to mention that someone who had a heart attack the next day oh after he lost God. his wife the previous day. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, also the police. Somebody's head's got a row here. This is ridiculous. <sighs> I, I don't know. By the police. Yeah. They got him outnumbered 19 to 1, what I understand. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. One thing that I, again, if you got someone barricaded in, in you know, like, like they did in Dallas a couple of years ago, they had some screwball that shot up about four or five cops, killing four of them at least, and they isolated him, and they blew, literally blew him up. Uh, but in this case, they, ice, they said they had him isolated, but he was still shooting people. That doesn't make any sense. doesn't make any sense. They're waiting for the SWAT. Well, the, the, the head guy said this is, all of a sudden, this is a... Uh, a hostage situation. This kid wasn't in that classroom to take hostage. No, no, no. He's he, there to kill a yeah. young... He killed a teacher right off the bat. I mean, sometimes when I see, like, similar situations that take place in Russia, not to give Russia any credit because they deserve nothing, but, or, you know, whenever there's a situation... That's why this stuff doesn't happen in other countries, because when right. it does, they just storm it, and, and people might die, but you're going to die, too. Um, how the door that's was left job. open. If you're a policeman, you have to put your life on the line. But remember, this happened. Seven in, or eight year olds. That's ridiculous. This happened in Lakeland, Florida. Remember that one sec- uh, the yeah. security guard that was. Was the security guard hiding outside for 45 minutes? 45 minutes. Yeah. It's and, ridiculous. Yeah, and he had the same. One entrance, one exit, yeah. a security guard at the door. Yeah. If you got an appointment, right. you're going to have to uh, go through this uh, gentleman at the back. Somebody left the door open, went outside. Sh- saw the kid shoot the, at the funeral home, went back into school, left the back door unlocked. Unbelievable. Came out again. I don't know why. Went to the car. Right. Went back in the building. Right, right, in and out. Whether he could have blown that back door open, I don't know. Now, is, is it true? I'm, I'm getting mixed reports. Maybe I'm not paying attention to it enough, but there, there was one guy that was getting a haircut. He was 45 minutes away, heard about the incident, took a, a, got a gun. He was an off-duty guy, didn't have his gun. He got a gun from somebody else. Travels 45 minutes to the site where the school was, Absolutely. and he got his daughter, his his wife out, and his child out. But then someone told me he was the same guy that shot the culprit. I don't think that's the case. I don't think it's Yeah, I don't think no, that's they, the case. They called a SWAT team in from about a, an hour away. They yeah. came in, did the job. They don't mess around the SWAT people. No, but you can't wait an hour for a SWAT you team. You can't wait an hour when young children are dying on 911. And nobody's responding. It's still hard to even talk about it. Glenn. No, it's very difficult. Very I get difficult. It. I get it. I get it. It was it. very emotional. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I think somebody's heads got a roll here in Texas. Now, whether it's the police chief, he called the guys out of the building. You got to stand there and exchange fire with this kid. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Who especially cares? when you you got him outnumbered. You got he's got you outgunned, right. but he's not there to take hostages. 
Yeah, I, I don't, you know? I, I don't get it because you know they said they I don't did, either. they did training like a couple of weeks or a month ago before, and they showed video of it. But as you and I know, there's nothing like the real deal: the smell of gunpowder, oh, the absolutely. sight of blood, people curdling and yelling and screaming and gunshot. Is there any way we can, rec- I mean, we can make movies look like Tom Cruise is flying a jet airliner through a bridge? Can we co- recreate a, a serious enough scene to scare the hell out of police officers to determine whether or not they're right for the job or not? Well, sixteen minutes response time 16 minutes yeah that's not an that's kids not. outside the schoolhouse shooting the windows out 10 right. minutes 12 minutes and like you said Still he was nobody showed up. he was in and out of the building in and at out will. of the building yeah crazy they locked the door to the fourth grade, but he, he shot it right out with his rifle, no problem. And then, of course, a lot of people say, well, we need double doors, we need this, we need that. But, you know, that's not going to stop some maniac from waiting outside and doing a fire drill. And, by the way, this has happened before in Kentucky about 20 years Absolutely. ago, uh, where they let them out and they, and they become sitting ducks. Well, you can put another hundred gun laws on the books. A lunatic is going to get a gun. Yeah, well, I know. There's plenty of ways to get them on the black market. People on the street selling them. Let me let me ask you though. Remember when Elliot Spitzer got caught with his pants down? He, yes, he I spent do. five thousand dollars on an on a on a on a prostitute, and yes. the and the credit card company had a had a it raised a red flag, if you will, almost as red or black as his socks that he wore as as he was having sex uh, as a married man. Okay, that's not you know there. All right, so he they they said, oh wait a minute, uh, oh look at this, a uh, governor of New York State just spent five thousand dollars on something. Let's take a look. Oh my God, it's a call girl and that destroyed his career why can't we have that same mechanism years later almost 10 years over 10 years later that would say hey an 18 year old all of a sudden bought his first gun and also bought another three thousand dollars worth of ammunition should that raise a red flag like it did for our ex-governor that was having relations with a prostitute shouldn't it be the same thing True enough. Uh, or, oh he paid with cash well it doesn't matter that's well, absurd. One other thing, uh, social media is uh, involved in this up to their neck, Glenn. This kid's on social media telling people. Yeah. Probably twenty minutes before he went. To I know. School. You but know, th- what do you? Social media is a dummy down of the society, in my opinion. A lot of people disagree with me, but. No, I know. But what do you suppose? A lot suppo- of people don't like my opinions because I'm not afraid to ask. No, I know. No, I like you. But, but you know? what are you supposed to do when someone says, "Hey, uh, I'm feeling," s-. I, someone sent me a, a video the other day from TikTok of like an eight or nine year old boy. And they were asking him very, very candidly, because apparently they knew the kid had issues. And he wasn't yelling. He wasn't screaming. He wasn't, you know, scratching, using his nails over a chalkboard or something. He, they were just asking him, what do you want to do when you get older? He says, I want to kill people. And that doesn't necessarily mean that this kid is going to be a killer. I mean, years ago, Dr. Phil said, oh, boy, this boy's going to be a serial killer. And then uh, uh, Tony Danza said, hey, you can't say that. You never know. You could be an angel at six and a total terror at 16. But this well, kid was literally saying he was going to grow up and kill people. Do we believe a kid like that? Or well, we just arrested a fifth grader somewhere today. I, I mean, but who do you... Threats who, to us shooting up a school. Fifth grader, what's that, nine or ten years I, but do Are we supposed to go back to anyone that we've talked to in the last two, three years that said, hey, I'm going to blow up something. Are we supposed to report them? That's a hard decision. It's a tough decision. Then, Very hard. Then you, then you run the risk of pissing someone really off that wasn't no. going to do it. Now they're going to do it. <laughs> Very hard decision to make to lock somebody up. Uh, uh, that's, well, and of course, that's why the, red, uh, the blue cities don't want to lock up their own because then they start running out of people. Well, I that whole replacement thing's not going to work. I think the death penalty should be used in this case. Whether they will or not, probably mm-hmm. claim mental illness. I'm sure there's a lot of that. No, oh, big old. You can't that. let this go. How did he get, I mean, he spent thousands upon thousands of dollars on ammunition and guns at 18 years old. He can't buy beer. Right. 
Uh, and yet, somehow or other, he can't pay his cell phone bill, and that's what started the argument with he and his grandmother, and who more than likely is raising him more than anyone else. There's no dad in this situation. 350 rounds? When you would question a kid at that age that's going to buy 350 rounds? If Glenn Curry walked in and bought an AR-15 to begin with, I, I would say that that in itself should raise a red flag because I broke your Walkman. <laughs> I'm, yeah. There's no way I'm going to be able to handle a, a rifle like that. I don't have any right to. But if I buy ammunition on top of that, this should definitely raise a, 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 a right flag, uh, well, some type woman, of flag. One woman went there to get her uh, children. <laughs> the cops stopped her. Yeah, tased her. Did, did you see it? They handcuffed her. Yeah, they, ta- they let her go. She jumped the fence, went into the school, and got her own. Some people was telling the police, "Give me your gun. I'll go in the damn building." Yeah, they that have saved her child. You have to put your life on the line for that. Age group, I think. Uh, oh, uh, no, no question. You know, if you no die, question. you die. You just have to live with you, it. You, you basically, yeah, you got to do that. And you it know? didn't happen there. It didn't happen in Lakeland. And a lot of people no, died. No, it didn't happen in Lakeland. Absolutely it, correct. Amazing. Well, I got to go. But this is a great conversation. Thanks for the call, my friend. Okay. Thank on. you. Yep. And thanks for the compliment as well. I got to do a break. We'll do that right now. We'll be back right after this. There's a lot of things that need changing. What? Uh, and as we speak... Just as the uh, the latest incident footnote, at least three people are shot at Xavier University during a high school graduation ceremony. That's uh, breaking news on News Junkie. And then right below it, nine dead, 41 wounded in weekend shootings across Chicago. Does that include yesterday? Is that a little lopsided in Chicago because you got that extra day of shooting called Memorial Day, uh, which which happened to be the same day that George Floyd died two years earlier? Also, Michael Sussman found not guilty of charges brought to uh, special prosecutor John Durham. Um, th- you know that that's that's suspicious to say the least. Once I heard, I was I was watching Fox News about a week ago or so, and they said, "Well, once someone doesn't go up and uh, and, and talk on their own behalf, uh, that usually means they feel confident they're going to win. No reason to risk that." So uh, exonerated, right? Uh, other things going. I'm just checking out things. Thanks once again to News Junkie for putting my mug up there, pointing at the camera. And uh, I just want to make sure I'm just catching everything here before the end of the show. I want to thank, of course, uh, 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 Miss uh, Tenny. Apparently there's a podcast. What's this? Podcast. Uh, Representative Claudia Tenney of, of, uh, of, of New Hartford. I don't know if Jeff put that on his podcast or whichever. But nonetheless... Uh, that was a, a a great meeting we had with uh, herself and Dan, Dan Martini. Hey, oh, this, this place used to be a Martini's place. Dan Martini was her assistant. And I also want to thank Spencer, who also works with uh, the Congresswoman as well, for setting things up here. We'll be hearing more uh, from uh, the Congresswoman on these radio stations soon. Uh, and, uh, and, and just to be very transparent, also fair and balanced, uh, we will be speaking with her, her opponent, who she met. There are two opponents. Uh, I don't know the third. But, of course, we all know Mario Frado, uh, who's, uh, who spoke to, uh, here at least twice in recent months and uh, was up here for several, uh, uh, well, obviously because the, the whole revamping of, of the districts included uh, Frado at one point and still does. Uh, but Jacobs is out and Tenney is in and Frado's still in. It's weird. It's just a crazy, crazy year for primaries. I'm just glad they changed it. Uh, honestly, I, I, I still think the gerrymandering, particularly around Monroe County, and I never got to speak to the congresswoman about that, was just off the charts wrong, just like it was down in the Brooklyn, Manhattan area. I don't think they spent enough time. But, of course, you know, she's got a lot of things. Her this district just got geographically much, much bigger. So uh, today was her first day as the new candidate, if you will, uh, in Jefferson County. We're honored to have her on our radio stations 
our shows right here on AM 1240. She actually had the honor, the honor of meeting Jim Levin. And you know what? Jim was very well behaved, considering how left the center is. And he is he always is, don't get me wrong. But that was a good meeting in itself. AM 1240 WE10 Watertown makes us legal. Up next, CBS News. You have a good night. This is CBS News on the Hour. Your home for 